and welcome to Podcast Me Anything and Ask Me Anything for all things podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Cloy, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matthew Passy, the podcast consultant. Matthew and I wanted to move the conversations beyond the podcasting 101 topics and move into the intermediate to advanced podcasting strategy to reach your goals, to interact with the show, submit your questions to be answered live, book a podcast live with Matthew, or find the notes from today's show, head on over to podcastmeanything.com. Welcome back to another podcast, Mean Anything. I am joined, as always, here in our PMA Studio 3. I know that would give you a nice ring there, Matthew. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Matthew? I'm doing all right. What about yourself? Not too bad. It was a perfect, like, 75-degree day. And you remember that you put up with all the bad days for days like today. Well, I'm glad you got at least one of them so far this year. We had a interesting day where we were being threatened with severe thunderstorms, horrible conditions, it, the the weather was going to be so bad that I actually went and got my kids early from daycare so that we could be home and safe when the storms roll through, which are going to happen like right around our normal pickup time. And then nothing, mm. just a beautiful sunny day, a little bit of rain after bedtime and uh, a lot of panic for not. <laughs> do your bad storms come from the Atlantic or do they come from the east or the west? Now they typically go from west to east across the state. So it's like, we were looking at just one single line of storms that was going to come through, but when they came through, they were going to be really, really bad. You know, we're we're not prone to a lot of tornadoes. I mean, we do get hurricanes. Um, recently, we've been seeing a lot of derechos, which is like just a very quick, powerful, concentrated storm with like 60 to 80 mile per hour winds, but the whole thing lasts like five to 10 minutes. Um, and so we were we were being threatened with one of those right at pickup time. So I was like, why don't I just get them now? And yeah, I never heard of the word derecho until we had one go through Iowa. And I'm like, what the heck? There's I feel like in the last five years, there have been more like skeleton weather terms pulled out of the closet, like polar vortex, derecho. Like these words I never heard my entire life until like the last five years. Man, I wonder if there was something going on in the world that would correlate to intense weather events in the last five years. True. <laughs> I can't think of what it would be. But I feel I like just, they're going you know, into the archives to find words. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, these words aren't new, but like, I don't, I've never heard them use them to like describe a tor- like a pre-tornado no, they were, weather. They were, they were exceedingly rare weather events that have happened in the past, but they happened once in a blue moon, which is why you never heard about them. And now they're That's happening good. pretty often. Yeah, true. So. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and dive in because we got some uh, really interesting news and it's say, definitely a head scratcher. Speaking of storms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a storm. And this one, I don't know if there's lightning, wind or not, but it's definitely a front. Let's call it a front. We're just looking at some dark clouds. And we're not sure what's going to bring. Hopefully there's a rainbow on the other side of the storm. But news came out that Apple is shaking it up and inviting third-party providers to integrate directly with their platform. Matthew... Kind of break this down and tell us what it means for podcasting and as a podcaster, what we need to know about it. Yeah, so this really is focused on those folks who are trying to offer premium paid content through Apple, right? So earlier this year, we talked about that Apple opened up the ability for podcast creators to offer paid subscriptions. So you want someone to pay for access to your podcast in the past, you've had to use a supercast, a Patreon, a member full, right? Like some sort of premium offering that you built on yourself or went through a third party server to do it. And then Apple was like, well, why don't we just offer it? So now somebody can hit, you know, whatever, $5 a month and 
pay you for access to your podcast directly through the Apple podcasting platform. Well, and the whole thing was that you have to run it through Apple, right? This was their thing. And that's why they kind of built out podcast connect and they added all these extra features and bells and whistles and they, you know, opened up the stats and blah, blah, blah. Well, sure enough today, I get an email for a press release from Libsyn of all places that they are going to be part of the Apple podcast delegated delivery program that they are launching later this year. And I was like, oh, wow, good for Libsyn. That's a major partnership. That's a a really good deal, some forward thinking. And then, of course, later I see the announcement is from Apple saying that, no, 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 we're going to do this with a bunch of different providers. you know. And these are really some of the, the legacy, large-scale uh, providers. When you think of kind of like enterprise-level podcasting providers, these are some of the folks you think of. Um, I'm not going to be too disparaging. I'm not a huge fan of Acast, although they are one of the ones included on the on the news article from Apple. Art19, who I don't have a ton of experience with. Folks like them, but I, I just don't know them all that well. Uh, Blueberry, of course, one of the real legacy ones. Buzzsprout, a big legacy player. Libsyn, we just talked about. Omni Studio, who a lot of people probably don't know in the States, but internationally, they have a massive presence with podcasting. They are kind of like... Uh, a big network platform. A lot of public media companies and radio stations outside the U.S. use them to kind of create like a network feel. They were actually one of the first ones to have visualized audio players built directly into the platform, which was kind of cool. Um, and for a while there, they had kind of priced that individual plans. I think they brought them back. But uh, anyway, Omni Studios and, and then RSS.com kind of a newer player into the entrance of podcasting. But uh, according to this one article that I'm seeing in the Hollywood reporter, these providers, these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven providers represent 80% of the premium subscription listening on Apple podcasts. So folks who are offering paid content through Apple, 80% of them are coming from these different different providers. And now you'll basically be able to control, manage, and take care of all that stuff directly from your hosting so that you don't have to you know, go through and work on several different platforms, um, you know, in order to get your content out there and, and get paid directly for it. So let's ask the question that I'm left with sitting here. Will it matter? Will it work? Because from my standpoint, Apple still has a clunky player. So cleaning up and allowing this integration, the backend for something that in many cases, a lot of iOS users are exiting the podcast player on P Apple for all their issues. It, will it be enough to keep people there or even incentivize more usage of the iOS platform? I mean, I think in fairness, when we talk about people exiting from using the Apple podcasting app, we are talking a lot about power podcasting users, folks who either are podcasters themselves or people who have been you know, in the space and listening for the last five, maybe 10 years. And sure, they've come to expect a, a higher quality, more feature-rich experience than what they've been getting from Apple. And certainly the latest iteration of the podcasting app was especially clunky and a little bit difficult to use. Uh, but that said, I mean, it still represents a large majority. And it depends on who's reporting these numbers, right? Some say it's Spotify, some say it's Apple, but still represents a large majority of the podcast consumers that are out there. And, and also, and not that I think anything was said officially on this, but there have been some rumblings and some people who we trust, uh, who think that this is also one, one part of a plan to get the Apple podcasting app on Android devices, which at that point I think could be uh, a game changer. 
Because at that point, it almost uh, lets the dam break. And if the other, like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, Apple TV is on Roku. So I guess the precedence is already set for these agnostic platforms to experience an Apple program and software. If that program and player were to expand, and if these issues with with the app kind of get better as they do all those upgrades... What would this mean for an indie podcaster? Because a lot of what they did with the subscription was tied to people that have larger followings. So as an indie podcaster, is there any homework that we should be paying attention to? Like if I host on Libsyn, is there any strategy adjustment if I'm getting 150 to 300 downloads per month on or per episode? Does this really change my strategy or is this more elevated to the big players? I mean, I, I guess I'd have to see what the actual integration looks like, but my sense is you're probably, it's probably going to be easy enough to offer premium services. So listen, you're getting 150 downloads. Most of those people, they're probably going to stick with it. But if you could pick up 10, 20 premium subscribers over the next year or so, and they're paying you, I don't know, call it $5 a month, right? Five times 20, talking about $120 a month. Um, sorry, talking about a hundred dollars a month. Ooh, Matt's off a uh, hundred dollars a month. Do that over the course of a year. That's $1,200 that's in your pocket. Um, you know, the only thing I'd say you have to be careful of is that it does cost money to be a part of the premium subscription plan with Apple. So I wouldn't necessarily jump into it right away, unless you're pretty confident that you have folks who are going to pay for it. And also, if you were able to offer some value, it's it's one thing to ask people for money. It's another thing to not give them a reason to pay you. So whether it's an ad free version, extra content, bonus episodes, longer episodes, right? Like you can't just be like, hey, we've got a show for free. But if you like it, can pay for it. Like no one's going for that. You have to give them a reason. To, hey, that's uh, that's to the, uh, there's such a term for podcast clickbait for that one. Like I love doing this podcast for free, but I'm now doing it for a subscriber and then just take the same thing over. Uh, yeah, the other thing that was kind of strategy. Yeah. The other thing that kind of hit me when I was thinking about this is just your, your basic ability to also collect payments, which is something like Patreon's generally fairly good at. I think that's something that people rely on Patreon for. And if you are able to stay in your hosting platform, get it sucked into Apple and rely on Apple collecting the money and processing it and somehow paying it back through probably like a Stripe account. That could also lower the barrier entry for someone to subscribe it. I mean, even any app that you download, I, I was just doing a few of them the other day. They, they clickbait me on Instagram, download this new little cool photo app. I click it and then right away, they give me a trial for three days and $3.99 to subscribe. I hit my button, Apple subscribes me in their ecosystem. I forget about it. They get more $3.99 per month on me. Luckily, I'm usually smart enough and I go in there right away to cancel it. But all of that happens right there in the Apple ecosystem. If it leverages that, there could be a case that this gets some traction and some legs on it. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I, I don't know if it's going to change what a lot of folks are doing, right? You have the NPRs of the world that's creating their own premium NPR app and you can pay for ad-free versions or, you know, ad-free versions of their show specifically through their content. Wondery does the same thing, right? Like there's plenty of folks who've kind of already set this up for themselves who are probably not going to be making a big switch, but Listen, the space is going to continue to grow. More shows are going to come on. More people are going to jump into the pool. And I think for those who are new, who are coming on, who don't know what all what is already out there, what is more convenient, yeah, it's going to be very tempting to be like, oh, I've got to put my show on Apple. Oh, I can get paid through Apple? 
why not? And so I think over time you'll, you'll see this grow a little bit. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and take a pivot and we're going to do a different kind of deep dive today. We are going to do essentially what I would call from the Midwest, a Midwestern nice guy approach to podcasting. And so you're out in New Jersey. I'm not sure what you guys call it because generally people out in the East are not to stereotype them all, but they're kind of cranky. And so I'm not, what, what do you kind of, do you have this term out there for like being nice in a world where often you're known as not being nice? Is there any type of like stereotype or New Jersey? Is that known for being a nice state and breaking the norm of the East? No, I mean, New Jersey has the, has a few different stereotypes. Most notably is probably like the Italian mafia. Hey, forget about it. Or, you know, go F yourself kind of mentality. Now that does not truly describe all of, uh, you know, New Jersey, but I would say there is certainly a, we don't, you know, we don't really care what you think. Like we're going to go do our own thing. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem and quit being part of the problem and get the hell out of my way, uh, kind of a thinking. So, um, but yes, we, I, I think that the truth is we don't mask our niceties. If we're mad at you, we have no problem showing you. Yeah, out here, there's a great YouTube video by a YouTuber, Charlie Barron's, and he walks around at like the gas stations, do, cleaning off people's windshield wipers. He'll stand at the gas stations, holding people's door to be this Midwestern nice, as he called it in that video. And so I've often played on that because I'm from the Midwest, so why not? So let's dive into this deep dive, which we are talking about. Why is it so important to be nice in podcasting? Because... In a world that's kind of cranky sometimes, in a world that often there's a lot of reasons to be triggered on any given day, why in podcasting or in business, because this is generally one-on-one stuff, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. What are you finding out there, Matthew, when it comes to like people not just generally accepting that you have to be a certain way or be professional in this marketplace and you can't just say, treat us a different way because we're podcasters? You know, I think it's it is really less about being nice, although maybe you want to equate niceness to empathy to consideration. What's really going on is I'm just feeling this lack of professionalism that is happening. And it's not always guests being unprofessional towards hosts. It it can often be hosts being unprofessional towards guests, hosts being unprofessional towards themselves. Like truly what's what's happening and this is probably what is, you know, what eats at us is that you are investing time, energy, money, blood, sweat, tears, all those different things into this product, right? And the, the people that we talk to, they're often doing it for a brand. They're doing it for their business. They're doing it to grow themselves, bring in more income, better their lives, right? Like it's something that you supposedly want to take seriously. And I just think coming off of this pandemic of two years of, you know, everybody doing Zoom calls and probably starting to get a little tired of it and, and probably getting a little lazy about it. I just feel like there are folks who are not really showing up with their A game, right? Not thinking about some of the obvious things that you should do when you're supposed to be dedicating an hour of your time to a specific conversation or to your own recording. You know, I, I think kind of like the one big thing that I've, I've seen happening a lot. And truthfully, it's a problem because it really impacts recordings in a way that I think people don't quite understand. And so hopefully this will not only be like the nudge for people to kind of wake up and grow up, but also kind of be a nudge to realize like, if this happens, here's how you fix it. 
And so, you know, we've been increasingly using Zoom, Squadcast, Riverside, Zencaster, right? All these different platforms for remote recording. And the nice thing is, is that most of them, you have to use a computer, but they're starting to introduce more mobile apps that make it possible. And people are showing up and like their AirPods aren't charged all the way. So they get halfway through a conversation, they don't even realize the next thing you know, like their microphone dies and now they're just talking into the built-in mic or the, or, you know, the using the laptop microphone. It's like the quality change is so severe and so jarring that it's going to be difficult to negotiate or people who are recording something and they forget to not just silence your phone, but really put yourself on do not disturb for an hour, right? Just kind of, you know, you, you've dedicated yourself. You've, you've promised somebody an hour to talk to them on the phone or, or do this thing. And so if you really care, right, you would put yourself on do not disturb. You would, you know, turn off your notifications. Uh, but what's happening is that people are either one, their phone's going off in the middle and then you're getting, a, oh, oh, sorry about that. Let me turn that off. Right. And then they keep talking. Then five minutes later, the phone rings again. It's like, I thought you turned that off. Well, maybe you didn't or, or whatever. Um, but what's really starting to happen that's getting even more annoying is that these platforms that we're using our phones, right? Like if I'm on a Squadcast call or a Zoom call and my phone rings, well, it's going to shut down the app. And the problem there is like, yeah, maybe you can get back into it. But one, your flow is messed up. Two, what really has to happen is you have to stop what you were doing and kind of restart that call because there's a good chance that you go to rejoin it and it's just not working correctly, right? It's not going to record you correctly. It's not going to pick up your microphone again correctly. Or maybe it, you know, turned off the inputs. I mean, a real example that we had recently was there was a call. Somebody was using uh, Apple wireless headphones, not sure which ones necessarily, but their phone rings and their Bluetooth earphones go from connecting to the computer to connecting to the phone. Oh, right? I hate they kind of pick up, right? They kind of pick up the phone like, hey, 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 listen, I got to go. I'm in the middle of a call. Like, right, they're trying to do the right thing. And then they get back into the call. And because the platform is recording, right, because you're mid-recording on Zoom or whatever, uh, most of these platforms are like, I, you can't change your input in the middle. Yeah, especially the Apple AirPods. They're not going to, like, if it was a hard input, maybe you could get lucky. <laughs> yeah. I, and so it's just, it's just running into the situation where, listen, I get it. There are some folks who are too cool for the time and they, you know, they are giving you their time and you should be lucky that you get it. But for most of us, whether we're hosting or guesting or whatever it is, just keep, Take the time, put yourself in a good situation, turn off the phone, turn off the notification, shut down the email, silence your computer, close the door, right? Ask somebody to watch the kids or keep the door. But now I, I remember we were interviewing, I don't know if I should say who it was, but this was the CEO of a major media company. Um, and we had scheduled the time we had confirmed it. Their people confirmed it with us, right? Like, I don't even think we pitched them. I think they pitched them to us. Um, and we're all excited to get this interview. And then sure enough, the person picks up, you know, we're doing it over the phone because that's just how we did it in radio. It was just easier back then. And the person is literally talking to us 
while walking, getting in an elevator, walking out on the street, getting into the subway. Like, why did you book this time with us if you weren't actually going to stop and talk to us? And then, by the way, even if you are talking to us, we can hear all of New York City. I could just heard the F train go by you. Right. Like when your phone, by the way, isn't breaking up because you're in a goddamn elevator or going (laughs) underground in New York City. Um, You know, we've had people who, unfortunately, you know, they were on a three person call and, you know, one person was kind of dominating the conversation. The other person took themselves to the bathroom, did not mute themselves. So, yes, we got to hear the whole experience being recorded. And by the way, this is before we, you know, people were smart enough to always record individual tracks. So couldn't really get rid of it from the recording. It was just there. Uh, so it's that kind of stuff. Like if you're going to be signed up for this, if you're going to invest your time, if you're going to be, if you're going to offer yourself as a guest, if you're going to reach out to guests, if you're going to agree to do this stuff, just, just take a moment and, and put on a professional face and give people the time that you, you offer them, right? Just respect the process, respect the moment, respect yourself, frankly. Respect your word. If you said yes, I mean, these people are going to remember what you ever you did forever. So, I mean, that's your personal brand memory of whatever happened of this person. Like, that's the only part they're going to remember is that guy going to the bathroom. Like, you're never going to be able to win that back unless you do something in person or something. Like... But- no, there, there is no coming back from that. And truthfully, again, it, it's just a matter of if if nobody is going to take this seriously, then listeners are going to stop taking this medium seriously. It's probably the reason why you get so many indie podcasters who are frustrated that nobody is listening to their podcast because so many people instead are saying, well, yeah, I listen to podcasts from blah, 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 major publishing company that has a team of 12 people that can, you know, check, double check, triple check, quality control, get a tape sync going, put somebody in a studio, all these different things, because they're going to have a more pleasant listening experience. And I think, you know, as the listening audience is maturing and growing, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week with the reviews, um, you know, like as they, as more people are coming into the space, they're not going to be as forgiving for crap content. So if you're not going to bring your A game, if you're you know, if you as a guest aren't going to bring your A game, people are going to turn it off and tune it out. And frankly, it's not going to reflect well on you or your brand if if that's the whole point of what you're doing. I wonder if there is any difference here with the paid guesting services like Guestio or Podmatch, where there is more of money on the line for the interviews, whether they're paying to get be a guest on it. Um, but even then, I've heard stories of John Lee Dumas who last time I heard was charging like $3,000 for an interview. People would show up on that interview and be like, what are we doing here today? And it's like, what? I I don't think you can necessarily blame the service, right? Like I think there are plenty of people who go on Podmatch or Guestio or whatever and who show up and do a terrible job. I think there are plenty of people who are spending hundreds of dollars a month on an interview valet or an or you know interview connection service um and you know a few of those are probably not really showing up when they're supposed to even though they're spending more money now my sense is if you were spending that kind of money you are probably a little bit more 
you know, professional, or at least like your handler from those companies is kind of ensuring that you are going to be more professional. But like I said, when I worked in radio, we were dealing with PR teams and PR teams who were, you know, working with fortune 500 companies who basically like the whole point of that day was to get the word out and do recordings and things like that. And even then the guests would just kind of be half-assing it and, and not really showing the kind of respect, not necessarily even that we deserve. Cause listen, I, I don't have that big of an ego. Like I don't need you to show up for me. I, it would be nice if you did, but I'm not even offended for myself. I'm offended for you and for the effort that all these people are putting in on your behalf to help you and your company and your brand. And then you still don't show up probably because you're looking down your nose or probably just because you don't care. When I see those moments, I often feel sad. Because it's almost like you get witness to a train wreck that just hasn't occurred yet. That those types of people, the karma eventually catches up with them. And they're either like anything could happen. It's just a delayed slow motion effect that people like that generally don't stay um, moving. And I'm sure you actually probably saw this when working in radio because the personalities were probably even more egocentric and more self-centered in back in the day or there could could be that person and it was probably what i would maybe stereotype and say was a shorter interview so it was less frustrating but in podcasting you're dealing with like an hour or at least 45 minutes so it's almost it kind of maybe exacerbates what was a short period on radio to be a lot longer in podcasting did you see was there a correlation of like what you saw maybe you know, I, I think it, in radio, it might have been a little bit different. And I think the situation is going to differ for everybody who, you know, whether it's your podcast, your radio, your television, your video cast, whatever it looks like. But yeah, I mean, I remember there were times that our host was annoyed at that kind of blase, who cares attitude that he would get from the guests. And yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said about, listen, I reserved 60 minutes and this person barely showed up for 10 of them, right? Like, that's frustrating. We could talk about advice for podcasters, what to do when you have somebody who doesn't really show up when, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there and, and the episode is kind of based on this person's content. But, you know, even though we were focusing on shorter content and radio, the fact that it was shorter didn't make it any less important, right? Like we were hitting big top national news stories. We were, you know, talking to congressmen and senators and government officials and CEOs and, you know, people who are on the front line of stories. And it was probably even more frustrating when somebody wouldn't show up for 10 minutes. Um, <clears throat> and not to, I don't want to badmouth anybody specifically, but what often happened was because we were part of a paper and a big news reporting organization, what we often did was we would reach out to the reporters and we would say, Hey, listen, you know, I know you're reporting the story. Tell us what's going on. And like, we'll put that version out on the radio or, or in the podcast. And, you know, they would get their editors who were like, I need something now. And they would just cancel on this last minute or right. They wouldn't really be paying attention because they'd be answering emails or thinking about something else. Now, listen, I know they had a job to do and they weren't necessarily being paid for their time on the air. But then I think that's a bigger question of, why wasn't the news outlet kind of pushing the importance of them actually giving that time, reserving that time, right? Like if you are working on a big story, part of your day should have that time kind of that dedicated time built in so that you could do media hits and so that you could be a part of 
more than just what was going to be the written word. You know, I just had this thought because I was going to go a diff- different way. And then I had this thought. I want to go down this rabbit hole for a second. Is the issue almost non-relevant when it's TV media? Because in TV media, they plug satellite feeds from all over the freaking country for experts. And very rarely, or at least they don't let them get to the air, do they look like a hot mess. Um, is it the visibility of like people have to see them being a hot mess? Like you can't fake it and talk to CNN and be on the F train and audio just allows more laziness? Well, I think so. Yeah. Typically what happens with television is one, a lot of the experts and the, you know, people who they bring on have a contract, right? Like they are trusted source. Yeah. Like they are people who kind of know like, Hey, by the way, like you're being paid for this. And as a, as a result of that, like when we call, like you have to present a certain way or two, right. You, we can't just bring you up on the phone. You have to go to a studio. You have to go somewhere. You have to be on tape and right. Like there's a lot of preparation in television. Also, especially at that level, there's a lot of pre-interviews, right? Like producers are chatting with them, checking in on them, doing things like that. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of checks and balances. Only, truthfully, only in television when you're talking about a big, big breaking news story and a big, big, big major talent. Um, like, all right, truthfully, our our former president, right? He used to do media hits on all the stations prior to prior to running for office. Um, he often was the guy who would just call into a station, but right at the time he was a big enough personality. That's like, well, if we need to talk to him, well, let's just get him on the phone and it's worth it. And, you know, he would do it. And of course it it was an ego stoke and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but right. Like, but it, it, you had to really rise to a certain level to be good enough for them to just bring you in on the phone, right? They want somebody in studio on the screen, splitting that, you know, half and half screenshot, putting at the Chiron, stuff like that. And in radio, right, like we, you, you know, you could do pre-interviews, but right, the fact that prior to pandemic, most of the time we could not see these people. We did not know what their situation was. We were just kind of relying on them wanting to be there and, you know, hopefully be a professional to, you know, hoping that that was enough for us to, to get something good out of them. But that's why, truthfully, we didn't do. We avoided doing a lot of live stuff because right away, the first few weeks of launching our show, we had several last-minute cancellations, no shows, um, or people who just really could not present at the moment. And so we kind of learned our lesson. We're like, all right, we're going to pre-tape more stuff so that we can control the narrative better. So I got a question. That we'll close out with our episode. And I think this will be a good bow on this topic. So let's do a role play. We just had, say, a catastrophe, a 30 minute interview that went all the sideways that you just described. As the host, how do you process what just happened? Do you swallow it down? Do you swallow your pride? Do you just hit end and say that guy's gone from the universe? Do you try to posture yourself to say like, I felt disrespected. You really treated us horrible during that and let them know. Or like, what would you consider the right etiquette on the other side of a dumpster fire process that just happened? I mean, I think there are a lot of factors that are going to play into that decision and that choice of how you want to handle it when something like that happens to you. For me, what I would probably want to think about is one, um, how important is it to use that content right away, 
right? So when we were doing radio, it was like, we're doing every day we were interviewing people for that day. So if you messed up that day, we, we, you know, we were SOL, we were not coming back and doing like, Oh, let's redo it tomorrow. Like, no, the story is over. It's done. Um, but so if you're a podcaster, you're planning ahead, right? Like you interview somebody and it didn't go well or right. They were distracted. The question is like, do you need that episode to run this week? Truthfully, I would say, you know, as best you can, if you don't have a good interview, one, my first sense is decide, is this person, is there something happening where this person was distracted or were they just disrespectful, right? Like, was it, was it a case of, listen, family emergencies are popping up. I really want to be here. I'm trying, but you know, I, I just can't get my head around it. Which you say, I understand, would love to reschedule some time. Like, we're really interested in your story. Like, let's do this again. And then, yeah, you, you make the, you make those moves, you make that, that those consolations so that you can work with this person again. Or was it really just a person who was like, like you said earlier, what am I here for? What are we talking about? Oh, 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 ah, sure. All right, let's do it. Ryan, like you could tell right away that the attitude was, I don't really want to be here. I don't know why I'm here in the first place, but let's just get it over with. And then you still get a bad product at that point. I don't think you have to tell that person that they were a jerk face um, because truthfully, they're not, they probably don't even care. They're not going to listen later anyway. They're not going to share it anyway. At that point, I think you just move on and, and let it go. And if they ask you say, nah, it didn't work for us. Sorry. Just there, there wasn't enough there for us to, to work with. Um, I, I truthfully, the only time I think you really should be confrontational with someone is in a situation where there is more of a, hopefully a long-standing relationship or some sort of pre-existing relationship, right? Like maybe they are a subject matter expert and you know that you're going to be going to them from time to time, or maybe it is someone who they are paying to be on the show or you're paying for them to be on the show or Right. Or you're doing someone a favor, in which case I think you have to tell them, like, listen, um, if you want to do this, like, here's what's going to have to happen. Um, Right. Like, we need you focused. We need you without distractions. We need to, you know, turn off all the other things. Make sure you kill your notifications. Like, if you're not going to take this seriously, then we're just not going to use you. Um, And and find somebody else. There's plenty of other fish in the sea. And I'm sure there's somebody else you could talk to. Um, what I, what I would hate to see people do is air an interview just because, well, we have it. So we've got to run it. It's your show. It's your audience. If it doesn't work for you, if it's not going to provide value to the audience, let it go, you know, leave it on the cutting room floor and move on to the next thing. You know what? I've also thought of something to close out a thought here. In certain cases, you could probably, if you know, if you're well-established in your podcast network, you probably could just get some references of people who've interviewed these people before and just get some basic instincts of what it's like to work with these people. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if you have that kind of network, if you have those kind of resources, yeah, that would be ideal. And that would be great. Um, I will tell you again, back in the radio industry, we used to get pitched, right? It was just, my inbox was just full of publicists trying to pitch their clients to be on the radio. And what I could tell you is that 
the people who got through my inbox were the ones who a understood that if a story was breaking, we need a person on that topic today. Right. And so, you know, school, a a shooting happens and a publicist reaches out and says, Hey, I've got this expert in trauma who could talk about what to do in the situation. it's like, great. This is a angle, right? This is a story. There's a person, there's an angle that all makes sense for what I need today. And when I reach back out to that publicist, I say, yes, we want to do it. The person is available, right? Like that to me is going to set up a relationship with that publicist that says when they have a guest to, to send me, when they have someone who they think fits, I'm going to trust them that they have solid, smart, timely, topical, professional people. But I can't tell you how many times we would get a we would get an email that says, hey, the market has crashed today. Want to talk to economists so-and-so about it today? Yes, I would absolutely love to. And then they write back and be like, oh, they're not available. Well, then why the hell did you email me in the first place? <laughs> or as a podcaster, right? Like this drives me crazy how many pitches I get for cause pods, which is like, hey, so-and-so is a really good uh, philanthropist and I've been listening to your show and I think they'd make a great fit. My first question is always, do they have a podcast? No. Then you didn't listen to the show because the show specifically says in the intro in the first 30 seconds, podcasters making a difference, right? So if you can't even show me the that little grain of respect to that you're going to lie to me off the bat, I'm not coming back to you, right? There's just no point. So, you know, like you said, relationships matter networks matter and where you can try and build up, you know, relationships with guests, the people who are the gatekeepers to guests, the other people in your industry. And if you can maintain those relationships, then yeah, you'll be in a good situation when you need a guest or want to talk to someone um, that, you know, you'll find the right person. And, and that's why I think we've talked about in the past, after you talk to a good guest, ask them about other people who you think you should talk to. That's a reference right, right there. Like asking who yeah, do you know that I should be know? a good reference and you'll be a good reference, right? Yeah. Well, again, I think this episode's a great reminder that this is an important in- niche and it's important industry of podcasting and it deserves the seriousness of any other meeting. There's no difference between whether it be an operational meeting or a budget meeting or a podcast meeting. There's still time being devoted to it. And I think that's something that we can easily discredit because of life, but this matters and your word matters. And at the end of the day, that's really the only thing you can control and and give. So reminder to all podcasters to focus on how you show up and making sure that the people showing up for you are ready. And if they're not, recognize that you don't have to always accept that as a gold standard. Well, Matthew, that does it for us tonight. Thank you for another episode and a good conversation on being nicer and more professional in podcasting. And thank you for always showing up and being a pro, sir.